Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 124. We've got some, I was gonna say, exciting news about Knives Out, but um, it's, it is it is news. We'll surely get into that, and yeah, we good news is we're getting more Knives Out movies, which is great, considering that was, I believe it was both of ours at least my favorite movie mm-hmm. of 2019 when that came out um so in our grand tradition of liking casting related stuff we thought we'd throw our hat in the ring of who would we like to see in these knives out sequels that we're getting that's what we're going to talk about today uh josh how you doing today great it's been a busy weekend but we're here two days off Let's go. <laughs> Ooh, you've got back-to-back days off? Uh, they Because I work so much, they give, they give me two back-to-back, which is really nice considering I don't get a weekend. So, Well, this this is your weekend, kind of. Yes. Yes, it is, basically. So I, uh, I enjoy my weekend spending, you know, sitting here talking movies and stuff like that with you. So I'm happy this week because, like, there's a lot of good news. Um and like our first thing, our first news topic that we'll get into here in a little bit, it's like light at the end of the tunnel. Good news. Like normally in our mm-hmm. news topics, we don't talk about box office, but we will um, pretty soon here. But um, off the top, before we get into our news discussion, or our news topics, I saw something twice actually. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I was gonna wait and see it because I had tickets to see it um on easter sunday great time to see godzilla versus kong obviously um but i didn't really want to get anything spoiled for me so i watched on hbo max the day it came out and it was fine on hbo max um it does make a huge difference watching it in theaters though like i knew it was coming but it was still super super exciting to see certain stuff on screen uh, minus good. the fact that my theater like way way overdid it on the base like i know you want to feel the base when godzilla and kong step at each other and swing their weapons but like i don't need base for a hundred percent of the movie it's a little <laughs> bit of overkill um but as a whole it was it's pretty good i think that's the only thing i've been watching though um as far as i know josh you've been watching anything lately well i've heard rumors of a uh, first look at Lightyear coming soon. Oh. Um. So Josh has a scoop. Josh has scoops. Now, I saw like ran like a random video on my like YouTube binging that was like, oh, something should be on their way, blah blah blah. And I saw a screen capture that looked like Buzz. But anyway, to say any all that to say, I went on YouTube. And started going through Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Oh yeah, um, boy. Where is that on good. Disney Plus? Come on, guys. I know, right? I mean, you've already copyrighted claiming claimed half the episodes that are on YouTube. So I'm not getting to watch all of them, but it's so weird. Like episode zero, which is the the pilot, is has been copyrighted claimed, but one, two, and three are fine. Four is copyrighted claimed. It's like it's so weird. Like it's not all of them. It's only a couple of them. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, that's basically. I'm trying to think if I. Oh, uh, oh! I finally was able to watch um, with my family 
the Snyder Cut to get their feelings and thoughts on it. Oh, okay, okay. So this will be watch through twice for mm-hmm. me. Um, let me just say, it, if anything, it confirms what I was feeling before uh, when you and I talked about it. I will say I think the thing that's missing the most is any fun and cowabunga from and booyah from uh from cyborg well um, uh, we're not going to talk about it today but um the, the whole like warner brothers and ray fisher issue yeah. there's a whole big article that i read that was fascinating to read it wasn't a whole lot of new information but it was just like a really well done article of just all the information collated into one big huge chunk and the whole booyah situation comes up and i'm like He's just, like, he's, like, so boring and, like, bland and moody. And it's, like, I can can deal with that on, like, like Batman or maybe even Wonder Woman. But, like, when you have a character who's, like, he's not necessarily a quote-unquote symbol of hope, a symbol of hope. But, like, and I know he's been through a lot of trauma, but I guess, like... So is Flash, and st- he's still allowed to have a sense of humor. You know, like I don't, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. It was just weird on the rewatch, um, and the epilogue. I think now on upon rewatch makes me even more mad. So there's that. yeah, it does feel very very tacked on, but as a whole, it's still not bad. Yeah, but there's bigger fish to fry and talk about. Not mm. even to. F- Oddly enough, someone does eat fish in this movie, but it's not Godzilla. There's no, that's a lot of fish line this time around. Um, <laughs> but there is a scene where Kong is on the aircraft carrier and eats a whole bunch of fish. And I was like, is that a reference to the bad guys? I'm thinking too much about this. Um, not going to lie. This news makes me really, really happy. Not because I loved Godzilla versus Kong. I thought it was, it was fine. It was good. It's it's probably exactly what the box office needed, though, as Godzilla vs. Kong in its opening weekend has grossed $48.5 million. Now, normally, we don't talk that much about box office here unless it's like Endgame setting the weekend record like all time. However, this is the single biggest opening for a movie since the pandemic. This is way over exceeding people's... Um, estimations like some people were going if they're lucky they'll get 40 million and we're closer to 50 and i think worldwide this movie's closing in on 300 million dollars very very quickly um this is a the first major spark of hope to me in the return of the movie going experience like we are getting back to the movies sooner rather than later i think this just demonstrates that people really really want to get back to the movies but it's also i think a whole bunch of factors coming together all at once of um you've got a big movie that people demand to see in the theaters with two huge monsters you've got vaccines rolling out uh my first shot is tomorrow i was able to get an appointment scheduled for that uh heather's already had her first appointment because uh being a teacher um so i think this is absolutely great great news um but also is great news for potentially the future of the monsterverse but we'll dive into that in a little bit later for like a second half of this 
Um, but Josh, you see the numbers, good, bad. What do you? What say you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm with you, man. It's any money coming into the movie industry right now is good money. Um, okay, I'm gonna say that, but obviously there's there's times when it's not good money. But um, opening weekend is very promising. Um, like close to fifty million, like bro, like let's go. Got for um, context, Godzilla versus uh, like King of the Monsters made about that with no pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's. It's very promising. I think it's one of it's a combination of people are finally starting to be able to go out and actually see see content and stuff like that. But also, this is like a movie that a good amount of people have been waiting for. So, and to be fair, in some ways, while they haven't been quote unquote built over three movies, it's been almost expected as an eventuality over yeah. three movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought going into this. I felt pretty confident that this is the end because if I remember serves like didn't they do like a three movie contract with Toho to do Godzilla or something like that yeah, like I felt like this was like this was the end however these numbers are pretty promising considering all the limitations like this movie had an uphill climb of Godzilla King of the Monsters was not received well strike 1 you're launching a movie in the middle of a pandemic strike 2 um, oh, there's a third one that I had. Oh, it also releasing on HBO Max the same day. Theoretically, that should be strike three. But instead, it's hit a homer in proportion to the world we live in right now. This has yeah. to be a great sign. I think this could bring talks back to the table of continuing this universe. Um, without dipping too much into spoilers... There's there's definitely still stories to tell with these characters. Um, I don't really know Kong villains too much. Typically, the villain in Kong movies is humanity. Um, <laughs> but Godzilla, there's still some options out on the table for him to deal with. And also, where we leave Kong, there could be some interesting story directions that you go there. So, a few months ago, I would have said this is pretty definitively the end of the monster verse before we maybe get a reboot down the road i could see this continuing depending on how many legs is how long this has legs for and honestly looking at the calendar this is gonna have legs for a while because i think it's gonna go unchallenged for quite a bit because you've got mortal Kombat coming out this month but that money is going to the same exact studio it's an r-rated movie but also, I don't think Mortal Kombat will reach the same audience as like Godzilla vs. Kong, which is much more mainstream. It's yeah, yeah, it's, it's broader. broader. Yeah, and I mean, like, as excited as we all are for like a a more a good looking Mortal Kombat movie, yeah. uh, I, it's going to be. I think some are waiting to hear how it is before they make any kind of commitment to go see it at a theater. Yeah, I think what I will do with Mortal Kombat is exactly what I did with Godzilla vs. Kong, which is I'll see Mortal Kombat at home just because I don't think it really necessitates like being seen on the big screen. I could be wrong. I haven't seen the movie to know. Um, but yeah, this has to be a good sign. And I remember seeing all the memes when this movie came out, and it makes me happy because it's still very, very true. Of Christopher Nolan thought Tenet would be the movie to save the world. But instead, it's a hairy man and a lizard man punching each other in the face with bright lights and really heavy bass. 
Um, also, the more I think about it, I think it's funny that in all the trailers you have that line from Alexander Skarsgård, we need Kong. The world needs Kong. I'm going, are you saying that? Or is the box office saying that? Because right now, it's a box office. <laughs> right now Godzilla and, and Kong are the saviors of the box office, just like they are in the in the movie. Um, this is a great sign. It's hap- It's great to be saying positive things. Like, yes, we have some rather bizarre delays that we're not going to get in too deep into today. But like, a whole bunch of movies got delayed by a week, which is weird, but. As a whole, I think the days of delays are done. And I think... Uh, I was listening to the John Campion show, and he brought up, and I completely agree, Disney right now is probably shooting themselves in the foot or reevaluating themselves going, do we really need to do a day-and-date release with Black Widow on Disney Plus with premiere access and theatrical? Because if Godzilla vs. Kong is making this with both... What if we do all in on the theater going experience? Because Premier Access has not worked for us. Um, yeah. Could you see that changing at all, Josh? Or you think Disney, being the greedy people that they are, still want to do both? They're gonna do both because Premier Access, don't you know, is the the answer to uh, all of our money problems. This is I I, I don't know. I, I I think you and I have been very vocal about how much we hate. Um, uh, the the premier access because it doesn't a it doesn't make sense b it just it's it's an obvious cash grab mm-hmm. so it's it, I, I don't know man like why pay especially in this situation now why because HBO Max is not charging people extra right yeah so in this case you you would have Disney be like hey guys y'all can pay thirty bucks to watch to have access to watch Black Widow or pay $10 a person to go to a theater. And if you don't want to do that, wait a month and watch it for free. Like, it's like, it's almost like using premier access to drive people to go see it in the theater, which is like, sounds smart, but really stupid at the same time. Yeah. It's cheap at God. Well, in the changing landscape of the movie-going experience, blah, 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 money, 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 like Mr. Potato Head um, in the first Toy Story, it's, I, I just can't stand Chapek, and yeah, getting back to good news, this has to be a good omen. Um, we don't know how Mortal Kombat will do later this month. Uh, I don't think it will do as well as Godzilla vs. Kong, but how the vaccines yeah. are rolling out, Two week, two to three weeks can make a big difference with a box office. So maybe this could more. Maybe Mortal Kombat could be a thirty to forty million dollar opening week. In which case, in this landscape, that's a success. Um, to me, this just means somewhat close to normalcy, which is a great, yeah. great thing. Absolutely. Now, this is both good and bad. I think for this next topic. Um. Mm-hmm. Knives Out was Josh and I's favorite movie of 2019. It was the antithesis to all those people going, uh, creative and new ideas are dead. Well, we've got this new franchise, and Netflix wants to market and own that franchise as they have paid $400 million to acquire the rights 
to Knives Out 2 and 3. Here's the tricky thing, though, and the really, really stupid thing on Netflix's part. They paid $400 million to acquire the rights. That doesn't include the actual budgets for these movies. It's just to have the intellectual property to make these movies. So you've got to slap on, let's say, conservatively, because these aren't big blockbuster movies, but maybe 30 to $40 million yeah. per movie to get your cast, maybe another 10 to $20 million to market this just for two movies. And also, I love Knives Out. I don't even know if it made $400 million at the box office like to offset these costs you just spent all this money to get two movies like i'm i'm sure you want to spin it off into other things maybe like a knowing how netflix operates they'll want to do like a benoit blanc origin movie played by some stranger things kid um i don't understand the price tag for this but then again Netflix has been in a very aggressive mood lately when it turns to acquiring content. They feel the IPs slipping through their fingers. That's why they were rumored to be interested in buying um, James Bond's No Time to Die for $600 million, which is even more ridiculous because that's, one, more money, but, two, a single movie as opposed to two movies. Um I do not understand the rationale for this of paying so much money. Maybe just sign Ryan Johnson as a director for future projects like they seemingly have done with Zack Snyder because I firmly believe once Army of the Dead comes out, Zack Snyder will be doing more Netflix movies. I just don't understand this. But also, I know I shouldn't, but this to me is a big hit to the quality of the movie. I know I shouldn't think that, but I still have this asterisk in my brain going, oh, it's a Netflix movie. Like, I know Netflix has done good movies, but it's different. I wanted to see this on the big screen. I saw Knives Out a few times in the theater. I wanted to see it in the theater again. I think this is a really dumb choice. That being said, Ryan Johnson doesn't care, and he's rolling in money right now. Yeah, like I, like you said, four hundred million dollars, really? I Netflix. I'm so glad that you have four hundred million dollars to throw at two movies and not enough time to develop all of the projects that you've been saying that you, you that are in development. But no, yeah, it's fine. Let's buy Knives Out for four hundred million so that it can't come up, come out in the theaters. And like, I the thing I don't understand is how they were, how they make money off of this. You know, like to yeah. me, the only way Netflix makes money is from subscriptions. Yeah, like as much as we crapped on, and still hate the idea of Disney Plus with Premier Access, that's added revenue to disney plus when people buy the movie it doesn't cost extra to see these knives out movies and also netflix as a subscription service i'd have to look into the numbers more but i feel like they've more or less like plateaued they skyrocketed to be the number one streamer Mm -hmm. and then they're kind of here everyone has netflix they're not going to suddenly find 50 to 100 million new subscribers just by adding knives out here 
I yeah, think this is a <clears throat> expensive price tag. It's it screams of desperation because you've got an HBO Max taking their content back, Disney Plus taking their content back, Paramount Plus taking their content back. Netflix is going, crap. We need originals quickly, and they are quickly running out of those originals, or they don't want to shell out the money usually, but they want to shell out the money for this. This seems very clickbaity headline to me of, well, this will get people interested in Knives Out sequels that we already knew were coming, but now the only way you can see them is on Netflix. Like, people will talk about this for a little bit, like we're talking about it, and we're going to fan project who we'd like to see in it. But once that initial buzz wears off, it's going to be like every other Netflix thing. People get excited for a week or two, and then they don't talk about it. Like, there's buzz the past two weeks because Witcher Season 2 is finally finished filming, which means Henry Cavill's available for Man of Steel 2, please. Um, But that buzz is going to die down real quick. Who talks about Stranger Things these days? Even though we know the show is coming, I this seems to me like they massively overpaid for a great franchise great potential future franchise i'll give them that this does have a lot of potential they caught something in the early stages that being said i think you drastically overpaid for this josh has no audio sorry i muted myself because i was click clacking to uh look up, look some stuff up i'm i was actually i was very curious as to uh, how Netflix makes their money, and it legit looks like it's only from subscribers. Like it's like mm-hmm. there's no no brand deals. No, like even the Stranger Things with like the Egos thing, there was no brand deal there. So like it wasn't even a project project placement. Um, because They've I always have to few... bring it up. Um, I'm also a big Halloween Horror Nights fan because I'm in here in Orlando. Um, I'm curious how much money they get from licensing because the past. Mm-hmm two years well 2018 to 2019 they had stranger things houses at horror nights and the rumor this year more reason for josh to come down and visit is this year there's going to be a haunting of hill house house to go through so what's the license i mean there has to be licensing costs for that but i can't imagine that's going to be a big chunk of their revenue if anything maybe a percent or two like yeah, I mm, so uh, according to Variety, um, in the third qu- quarter of 2020, so that's pandemic, with its over uh, 190 million subscribers, translated to give or take about 6.44 billion dollars. So that's in one quarter. So I mean, I don't personally, I don't know what the co- cost of of licensing and how much money, how much of that money is actually going to um, all the license that they have to pay for in order to show all these films. Um, that, I mean, that's a lot of money for just one, one third of the year, but I, mm, I still do, to me doesn't justify being able to drop $400 million on for two movies just to have some, original content when again you literally oh this and again i just keep coming back to this you do you have we can we have whole lists of shows that are like this is in development this is in development this is in the and honestly if they just put those shows out you've got it dude we're here for you but again um you said the 400 million dollar price tag that's just to acquire the rights for this 
mm-hmm. since it's now a Netflix movie, they're the ones that are probably going to end up having to pay the production cost for this. So it's even more than the 400. This was just to say we have this now. It's like you have a kid now. Sure, you have the kid, but there's all these other incidental expenses that come with that. Like thing after thing after thing. This is going to cost them a lot more money. It's not like a Fast and Furious or James Bond where it even then I don't think that was a would be a good idea to acquire those either. They just need to continue to foster the originals that they have. Their originals are pretty solid like The Witcher, Stranger Things. How about you don't cancel those shows after four seasons and just let them run? You don't have any really long shows. The reason why, as much as Josh doesn't like Friends, the reason why people watch Friends so much when it was on Netflix or HBO Max is there's ten seasons of that. People can put that on in the background and forget it's there. Same thing with Parks and Rec or The Office or Seinfeld or whatever else. I'm not saying Netflix needs sitcoms. I need. I'm saying they need long-running shows that people can get comfortable with and know the characters and can just leave on forever and that will get people interested in they latch on to that and they won't quit your service i'm not saying people are quitting netflix now but invest in the shows that you have solidify your own house before trying to buy a second home type of situation yeah it's just yeah, it, it, I, I think and it's very easy to be on this side of things and not knowing how much money Netflix actually makes. But, like, as from a creative standpoint, this just doesn't – it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Well, um, so something was a lot better <laughs> than I had any right to be. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, so I had heard – not like discussions, but some rumblings about what the new Space Jam would be about. Because as a 90s kid, I kind of assumed that it would be a retread of the original with Michael Jordan. Ah, uh, that ain't the case. As we had our first look at the new Space Jam with a Space Jam A New Legacy trailer. I appreciate that they're not calling it Space Jam 2 because this very mm-hmm. much feels like its own thing. Um, I had heard rumblings of what the story was going to be and it's just like, Man, that seems a little far-fetched. Oh, no. They're definitely going in a new direction with this. As it's basically um, Space Jam meets Ready Player One. And I am all about it. Um, I'm sure I told Josh this, but I also told co-workers of this. Because we got in a debate about whether this or Ready Player One will be better. And is it okay to weaponize nostalgia, basically? Because that's what this is. Of Hey, look, this thing. This thing. I don't care if you weaponize nostalgia so long as the nostalgia is targeted to me and you show Iron Giant and you have my money several times over. Thanks, Ready Player One. Um, again, I saw this on Twitter, I believe, and it's, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of true. Of It's sad that the only time Warner Brothers ever acknowledges Iron Giant is when he stomps around in someone else's crossover movie. I'm going, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of true. Mm-hmm. And also... Why is Iron Giant always stomping around in someone else's movie? It's like, you do realize he's peaceful, right? Like, he's not actually a weapon for well, for most of the movie. However, you have Iron Giant, you have Pennywise, you have both Penguins, you have both the uh, Burgess Meredith and the uh, Danny DeVito version in the background. You've got all these famous Warner Brothers characters. 
I'm not going to lie, this trailer won me over a little bit, considering I wasn't necessarily cold. I was much more open to the idea of this movie than Josh, who's been very against this. Um, yeah. But for different reasons. If I remember correctly, Josh, you've been anti this movie, not because of the love of the first one, which isn't that good. It's more of, you've said for a while, and I completely agree, that the Looney Tunes have not been relevant for quite a few years. Mm. They haven't been in the pop culture like they were in the 90s when the first Space Jam came out. That was a big crossover. The biggest name in basketball and the biggest name in animation. Um, however, they kind of play into that in this trailer. They of do. Send them to the rejects. And then they send LeBron James to the animated world. Which, it's, it's the small touches, but I appreciate that when he lands in their world, he himself becomes animated. Like, yes. that was a good touch. And when he, like, blows himself up to be regular height again, I was like, something about this I'm kind of really digging. But it could just be the rose-colored glasses that are Iron Giant. Um, <laughs> Josh, what did you think about this Space Jam trailer? So, as someone who is not as, like, I love Iron Giant, but definitely not nowhere near as much as you do. But, with that being said, um... You know what? Don Cheadle playing a villain, I am was already on board. I'm on board. Like, yeah, cool. Uh, send him to the rejects. Send him to the Looney Tunes. Oh, okay, yeah. That's how, That's like. That's exactly how you deal with that issue. That's great. Okay, cool. Like you said, it's like it's just a bunch of little things. And I love that this movie, at least from the trailer, seems to be more about the relationship between um, LeBron and his son as opposed to Michael and basketball. Yes. Because my the Looney, original um, Space Jam, while it's not the best, but, you know, look at it with nostalgia glasses. It's, it's a good time. Um, it was definitely more about Michael's relationship to basketball than it was anything else, whereas this feels more like a family movie of, like, where he's like trying to tell his son, he's like, "Yo, bro, you got some talent. You should use that." And the kid's like, "Yeah, but like, I don't wanna. Like, mm-hmm. that's not what I want." And it's just, I, I like, I'm already they like you said when you opened up this this uh, this topic. Like, this trailer had it was way better than it had any right to be. I'm so on board, and like just seeing all these Warner Brothers characters and like obviously making a genuine effort to not make it just a retread of the old one. Obviously, there's story points that you can't avoid. You know, This is, this is Space Jam. It's going to be a basketball game. It's going to be characters. It's got to be a top basketball player involved. Okay, cool. We got those. Let's go. Like, what else do you got? And then I'm just saying, I'm, I might see this in theaters. Why not? Also, I appreciate um, the color scheme of this. Like, everything pops. It Visually, it looks gorgeous. Um, I'm curious to see, like, re- like I was with Ready Player One, as I've got my handy dandy Iron Giant that never leaves my desk. Um, who else makes a cameo in this? We've seen the Iron Giant, we've saw the Mystery Machine, we saw his like wish list of who could be starters with like Superman, Gandalf, Iron Giant, and somebody else. That was like, we won't. But if Superman shows up in this, because we've already got a whole bunch of other people. Um, I know got- they've said Don Cheadle is a new character. Uh, it's LG or Age Algae or something is his name. I would not be surprised at all if they do like some big reveal at the end, and he's the same alien guy from the first mm-hmm. Space Jam, just working through an android system this time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gone on record numerous times, and I'll say it again. Michael Jordan, to me, will always be the better basketball player, just different eras. But it's not even close. LeBron will always be a better actor than Jordan. Like, he just feels yeah. so much more natural here. Like, I laughed, actually, when he's just like, what in the Matrix hell? I'm like, <laughs> that's that's a pretty good line. Um, like, he just feels much more natural. I've seen him be funny. Um, not that Jordan wasn't. Jordan was just very wooden. Go back and watch that original Space Jam 90s kids. Jordan can't act at all. Neither can Larry Bird. Um, that movie saved by Bill Murray being Bill Murray. Um but, yeah, this looks a lot more fun than it should be now. I'm sure there's going to be quite a few people that are just going to go, it can't touch a candle to, th- it can't hold a candle to the original, thinking that the original is still some cinematic masterpiece, or they really have this fond nostalgia for it, which is fine. I'm just saying, the original one is not as good as you remember. Um, mm-hmm. So, at least try to keep an open mind with this new movie, because it, it looks like it is genuinely trying to do some new things here. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's fresh. Uh, this is exactly what like we needed it to do. Because if they just tried to retread, it was going to be annoying. Yeah, so another trailer. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think I like the Space Jam trailer more. But this um, trailer is doing exactly what it's supposed to which is get me more excited for the loki series i have not been the biggest fan of the loki character i think he's fine that being said i think marvel has way over relied on him to the point of when they announced this loki series i was just like come on another one like do we really need this however with each passing trailer I've gotten more and more excited for this show, seeing that it could be something really, really clever and different than we've gotten from Marvel so far. And this trailer is no different. However, at least to me, Tom Hiddleston's Loki is not the star of this trailer. To me, the star of this trailer is the wonderful wizard that is Owen Wilson. The power of wow, man. Wow. Like, he seems like he's going to be such a good foil for Loki here of like, so you think you're smart. I am smart. Oh, oh, bro. I am smart. Of course you are. Okay. 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 Like, their interactions were great. I think we've slept on Owen Wilson as an actor for way too long. Like, I know even us here always make fun of the wow but he's genuinely a good actor like there's a reason he always shows up in wes anderson movies he's great in stuff i'm not gonna lie did you kind of get a wes anderson vibe sometimes in this trailer like when they're sitting across from each other it's like that perfect symmetry there there's certain shots i'm like that feels very anderson there um i think there's a lot of interesting possibilities here also i think this trailer did a better job of telling what the show will be like uh the first trailer said loki will be teaming up with the time variance um association agency time variance this agency something like that um you're like that's cool but this trailer gives us more of that of all right loki you broke something we're making you fix this when you stole the test rack in endgame you caused all these rifts we need to plug these holes and you're gonna do that Basically, I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. I'm also more on board with the fact that this is villain Loki, not like mm-hmm. anti-hero Thor Ragnarok. 
Loki. So yes, maybe, just maybe, um, this Loki, which is the one from our Avengers timeline, when he's still bad, like goes on this journey, or whatever, and ends up kind of in the timeline right before Ragnarok, and that's kind of where his character development came from, because. It kind of seemed like in Ragnarok, he all of a sudden had all this character development. At least to me, like he was a very different character. And I liked his character a lot in Ragnarok. But I think it'd be kind of cool of, you've got to close the loop somehow. And that's how you close it off. But then again, that kind of definitively kills Loki. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, deaths that actually matter. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. deaths that actually matter, why does it look like Black Widow's in the trailer? But um, that's a that's a whole speculation there which speaking of speculation i'm sure i'm sure we're gonna have a wandavision um 2.0 situation here of people after the first episode go that's got to be kang the conqueror galactus confirmed galactus is the main villain for phase five and all of us is just gonna go well guys shut up here we go again yeah like oh i'm not looking forward to that part (laughs) but I am looking forward to the, like the trailer. Like you said, the trailers have consistently gotten me more and more excited. I love that they've confirmed that this is Loki after Endgame, because that was a concern of, of mine. Of like, uh, we brought him back to life. Or what, what's going on here? Um, I find the section where in the trailer where he said where it's Owen Wilson's character. And he's talking to like an assistant or something. Like, hey, does does he know that he's just a variant? And I'm very, very curious to see what that actually means. Not like, like, oh, he's just the same character. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Like, I'm, he's a character from, but that has died, but is from a different part of the timeline. Mm. So, you know what I mean? So, I, maybe that's what that means. But like at the same time, like, what is the potential of that? What, yes. There's potential for him to pop up in Ragnarok, and that like completes the his story arc. But what if this actually makes turns him into the actual Eve, like evil Loki? What if this pushes him to the uh, in the completely other direction? Not that we had a lot of proof or reason why Loki went to more of an anti-hero, but like, what if they actually like legit turn him into like a serious hardcore villain here? that is, like, always lurking in the background now. Because as as cool as the, the, the this time force seems, um, there's no way they can control Loki. There is no... Especially this Loki. Like, this is still where he's untamed. He does whatever he wants. Like, there's no way. Right? Right. I don't know. I have faith in Owen Wilson that he can he can <laughs> control anything. Which, looking at the picture that we have for the graphic here from the trailer, why does Owen Wilson look like Discount Thunderbolt Ross from Civil War? <laughs> like he's got the hair and the mustache. Like it's it's this aesthetic Stop. of like military man with mustache and gray hair. I honestly. I like Tom Hilston. I'm just more excited for Owen Wilson here because I think this will finally like kind of get him the. It'll. I think this will do for Owen Wilson what WandaVision did for Catherine Hahn of a lot of people going, oh, wow, you're great. They've been great for a while. Let's give them the props that they deserve because Owen Wilson's kind of awesome, except for that haunting movie that we don't talk about. Nah. He's more He's more than just wow, which I'll never miss an opportunity to say that. Um, 
I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities here, and I think I don't want to go the WandaVision route here, but I genuinely think that this might be where we start to sign up kind of get some inklings of bringing in some of the Fox Mm -hmm. characters just because this seems more like anything could happen than WandaVision. Mm -hmm. WandaVision seemed like anything could happen, but this seems even more of we're exploring the cosmos and the reality of time. We also know that Kang the Conqueror is going to be in Ant-Man 3, uh, Quantumania, and Kang the Conqueror deals heavily with time travel. So maybe he is set up in this. And Kang the Conqueror, as we know, is a descendant of a specific um, fantastic superhero. So I don't. Th- I'm not saying we'll get Fantastic Four teases, you know, like the one um, Vision tease that went nowhere. Um, but hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we get some some form of Easter eggs or references to at least start setting the groundwork for more galactic threats out there. Not Galactus, but galactic and cosmic threats. Uh, you mean maybe they go through a timeline and come face to face with a certain surfer? Ooh. I mean, the color scheme, the color scheme feels like a Jack Kirby. Oh, that would pop hard. Like just the, like he says, color scheme, just the way everything looks. Oh, dude. There's so much. I'm. I agree. Galactic threats. Bring them on. Come on. What we got? Show me to show to show it to me. Speaking of galactic threats, um, we've got one that won't be coming any time soon um, <laughs> with the new gods. So for those that don't know, the new gods is essentially kind of like um, the world of Dark Side, basically Dark Side, the Justice League villain. So you've got the light, which are the new gods of Orion. Big Barda, Mr. Miracle, uh, and then you've got the bad guys who live on Apocalypse with Darkseid, Granny Goodness, Desaad. We were supposed to get a New Gods movie uh, directed by Ava DuVernay. Well, it seems like Warner Brothers has dropped that movie as well as the Aquaman spinoff movie called The Trench that was basically going to be about those terrifying creatures. Both of those projects have been shelved. I can't say I'm overly surprised about this, honestly, because both of these projects were announced a while ago. I feel like the trench was announced almost immediately after Aquaman came out, and then after it was announced, nothing happened. Like, there was no movement on this whatsoever. Um, Kind of the same thing with New Gods. New Gods was even in development for even longer. Um, I think there's a variety of factors to this. One... Ava DuVernay and Tom King were working on a script. We hadn't heard anything about that for a while. Now, I know a lot of Snyder fans will be upset because they'll be like, do you just want to move away from Darkseid? I was always kind of under the impression that this New Gods movie wasn't connected to that, to Zack Snyder's version of Darkseid at all because um, Ray Porter, the guy that voiced Darkseid in, um, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, was asked on Twitter and he was pretty open saying, yeah, I don't think that I would be coming back for that new gods movie. I think that's something completely separate. So, um, I think the lack of progress on both of these movies made it probably the biggest impact. I don't want to break out the tinfoil hat, but maybe just, just maybe Warner brothers got cold feet about a wrinkle in time. 
also directed by Ava DuVernay. Like, I I want to have faith. I think she's a great director, and maybe that was just a bad day at the office for her, and maybe just uh, it was her first major big blockbuster movie. But it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Warner Bros. to get cold feet going, oh, we're really high on this person. Oh, something didn't go right? Scrap everything that never happened mm, like Zack Snyder's entire universe that he wanted to set up after Man of Steel but then they got cold feet after Batman vs. Superman Warner Bros. has been known to get cold feet I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that they've had on the back burner for a while um, the New Gods one is more disappointing to me just because I think there's much more interesting story there like Mr. Miracle I just read his comic and it was really fun and different i think orion's really really cool after i first was introduced to him on young justice um just the war on new genesis versus apocalypse could be so cool and visually different than anything the trench i never actually believed that we would get that movie it just seemed like all right we're developing this it didn't actually seem interesting to me because yes the creatures in the trench have this really cool design because James Wan comes from a horror background. That's it. They're cool creature design. They are things that devolved over time. What's the narrative there? There's no story there, whereas the new gods have much more story possibilities. Um, Josh, are you disappointed that either of these movies are canceled? You just kind of accepted this? They were out of sight, out of mind for you? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Um, I, like you, I was never really sure that the, that they were going to happen in the first place. Trench movie, didn't think it was going to actually ever be a thing. Didn't know really what story you were going to tell unless you were going to be like, well, let's look at the story of what you know drove these people mad eventually and turned them into the creatures that they are. Like, that's not... That's not that interesting. Like... I, I, there's, there's, I think, I feel like there's cooler stories to tell, but who knows? But like, especially with new gods, I think they're, like you said, there is like a little bit of a, uh, a caveat of like, oh, but then we won't get New Genesis versus Apocalypse. Like that would be, that would be cool, and would open up a lot of doors, and it'd be fun to see, um, Dark Side outside of the context of Justice of a Justice League. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool, I think. But it is what it is. I just hope that they're not um, shelving these to restore certain places for other movies. Um, If you catch my drift. No, because I think we already kind of know this shouldn't also come as a surprise because um, they released their like upcoming movie slate for both HBO Max and theatrically. And both of these movies were nowhere to be found on that list. So it... I think it's more or less DC is like putting the pedal to the metal for certain projects that they kind of have a roadmap with. I, if I remember correctly, it could just be me though. Maybe these were um, previous administration movies. No, it can't be. At least the trench was a um, Walter Hamada movie. Maybe mm-hmm. new gods was Kevin Sujahara movie who was the head of Warner brothers, but I can't remember now. It's just been that long for this to be in development. I, I think this is just we're getting too crowded with everything else that we're mm-hmm. coming into production with. We just don't see how this fits. We're kind of dragging our fate with both of these. Like, um, just taking James Gunn aside. Hey, are you actually serious about this trench movie or are you actually serious about making Aquaman 2? Like, come on, man. You can't be the next Guillermo del Toro in terms of you direct the first one and then just 
produce the rest of them as they dip in quality. I mean, he already kind of is the Conjuring movies, but I, I don't know. Also, with the New Gods, there's cool characters, but in terms of characters in the DC pantheon that I desperately want to see sooner rather than later, there's certain characters that I feel like have more urgency that I want to see than the New Gods. The New Gods mm-hmm. are cool, but... I would like to see the Flash family. I would like to see Teen Titans, Young Justice, um, Justice League Dark. Like, there's a lot of different characters. Red Tornado. I'd like to see a lot of different characters before we get to New Gods. Because New Gods is almost, at least from my experience reading DC, they're almost always, like, present, but kind of pocket universe doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. Like, even in Young Justice, they only show up for, like, two or three episodes, like, total. Like, they're often sequestered to their own corner. So maybe that was why Ava DuVernay was so interested in doing this, because it would be more creative freedom. But in terms of, like, overall universe-connected tissue, this seems like an outlier. So I kind of get why they canceled this, as much as I think there could be a lot of creativity to it. Yeah. Um, So, question for you. Um, because there's been a couple things that I've heard floating around um, this week besides hashtag restore the Snyderverse, which I don't know yeah. if if people really understand what they're asking for. Um, also, like, you begged for a Snyder Cut, and they gave you one, and now you're like, oh, we, we got that, so we can get more. And it's like, mm, that's kind of like, you're kind of pushing it as a fan base. But, um... My brother sent me an article by IGN, of all people, which is the only reason why I'm kind of taking it, not necessarily seriously, but, like, interested, saying that the new Batman movie is going to be on Earth 2. Okay, yes. I have heard that, and it's... Yes. So, uh, I think this is a situation of Warner Brothers executives need to have, like, a... um, I won't say Pablo Hidalgo because he's gotten himself into some hot water recently, but like it, he was the guy for Star Wars that kind of like kept continuity in line. Warner Brothers needs that right now because we've got three separate Earth twos happening right now. I think yeah. what they mean by Robert Pattinson's Batman is it takes place in a universe parallel to the one that Zack Snyder set up and that we want to kind of be our thing going forward. Like we've said that the Flash will probably reset everything. Like Zack Snyder mm-hmm. is New Fifty Two. Everything after the Flash movie will probably be rebirth type of... We're not forgetting about it, but we're moving to a different direction. Whereas this Batman is going to be on a separate universe. He's not going to cross over. That's nothing new to us. The Earth 2 confusion comes in of... The Stargirl show on CW is set on Earth 2. Um, There's been some other thing that's been set on Earth 2. Like... I think what they meant to say was it's on a separate Earth, but it came out wrong with how they labeled it as Earth 2. I'm like, okay, which one is the true Earth yeah, 2 here? Okay. Like, I get what you're saying, but you're you're con- confusing some of the people that, like, actually follow the universe. Yeah, game. yeah. It, that, that's what I was more concerned about was, like, okay, guys, like, I get what we're doing, but we – the concept of a multiverse cannot just be – thrown out there into the the fan, you know, social medias and be like, all right, cool, this is a thing now. Like, you can't just do that. You actually, you actually have to explain that so that peop- you know, your casual fan isn't like, wait, what's going on? So, wait, like, there's multiple Batmans? Are they in the same storyline? I don't understand. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. 
I guess in my thought, my thought process is less about what's going to make comic book fans happy because you never will, and what's going to, I guess, make it more mainstream and less nerdy. I guess. I mean, I say that as somebody who loves these characters, but like at the same time, like I don't want as cool it is as it is. I don't want for a DC movie to come out and then have to sit there and explain to somebody for 20 minutes certain histories that aren't said in the movie or not explained in the movie uh, that on why certain things make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, to you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's like as much as I did enjoy um, Zack Snyder's uh, uh, Snyder Cut of the Justice League, it doesn't negate the fact that he had to explain in an interview the whole Martha situation in BVS. It doesn't like you know what it like to me that doesn't Which is my problem that I've had a lot of with Snyder of Yes. You've had to fill in the gaps for your narrative in interviews or tweets or whatever else, or you've had your people that like your movies, which is fine if you like Zack Snyder stuff, but more often than not, his defenders have to explain narrative stuff that in stuff that he said in interviews rather than it actually being presented in a movie like basically everything to do with robin whatsoever in the dceu has been said through Zack snyder in interviews or whatever else it was just like well i was always planning on getting around it's like were you actually because there's to- there's many yeah. times with Zack snyder that i'm like did you actually plan this out or since you've been away from this project for so long and you've read some interesting fan theories out there. Have you been like, oh yeah, that's always that's always been my plan. Like him saying Carlo Gugino was going to be Catwoman eventually in his universe. I'm like, really? Because you have her voicing the robot in Man of Steel. So yeah. did you always have that? Or are you just kind of going, that's a cool idea. Since I'm not actually going to make these movies, I'll just say I was going to do that and tease people and tee people up because he's great at teeing things up for people i'll never deny that yeah but the actual execution could be better and i think coming back to the multiverse thing here i think the multiverse issue that we might run into here is warner Bros. has a gunshot wound and they're treating it with a junior size bandage just going multiverse it fixes everything it's like it could if you do it right, but you've got to explain what a multiverse is correctly and explain that everything that's come before is its own separate thing. So we're not going to have Tom Welling's Smallville show up in the next Aquaman movie or something like that. No. no. His, his Clark is great. It's when oh he has to become gosh. Superman. Gosh, I can't. I can't even fathom how much I, like, almost vomited right then. Wow. Okay. Um, cool. So, uh, moving on? Moving on. Sponsor? <laughs> moving on. Um, <clears throat> um, okay, hold on. It's right there. I can feel it. I just got to phrase it. I feel like I do bang energy all the time, though. You do. Um, um, when I drink bang, I can see other people's words. Words. <laughs> um, you know what? <clears throat> Today's episode of the Uncharted Movie Podcast is brought to you in part by dogs. When you're having a bad day, 
give one a cuddle. It'll fix everything. Yeah, I did not expect that, but that works. Dogs are dogs are dogs. Dogs, dogs. And funny enough, there was a dog that was instrumental in solving one of the side mysteries in Knives Out. Segway. <laughs> because what's the old quote of man often comes across his destiny on the road he takes to avoid it? That's exactly yeah. what happened to Don Johnson's character in the original Knives Out. Um, so in honor of Knives Out 2 and 3 officially coming to Netflix, we're just like, let's do what we did with the Batman and cast what we would do for a Knives Out 2 or 3. I'm assuming, at least for me, that Knives Out 2 and Knives Out 3 will not be connected. So this cast could be applicable to either movie. Now, it's mm-hmm. interesting to note that none of the original cast members, except for Jandal Craig, will be coming back for the next Knives Out, according to Jamie Lee Curtis, who may or may not have let a detail slip. I'm not sure. Um... So she said in a post, like, trying to stay in character of Linda, which it's not lost on me as a Halloween fan that her character's name is Linda, which was one of Jamie Lee Curtis's friends in the original Halloween movie, which was one of the first people to die. It could be just me reading way too much into it. But yeah. um, <laughs> she said that the Thromby family is going through some things, so they will not be joining Detective Perot in his next adventure in Greece, to which I'm just going, hold up, hold up. Everyone's going to be more distracted about the fact that the Thrombies won't be in the next Knives Out. Did you just say the next movie is set in Greece? Because that could be really, really fun. Um, again, it's just a location. She could also just be making fun of it. But it could be an interesting little tidbit. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about who we would like to see in a Knives Out. I think the beauty of the first Knives Out was it had such a diverse cast of different age demographics. No matter... Who you are, you will probably recognize at least one or two people, no matter the generation. Say you're the older generation, you go, oh, that's that handsome man, Christopher Plummer. Or <laughs> you're the younger generation, oh, that's 13 Reasons Why, Catherine Langford. Or you're just a casual movie fan, hey, that's Captain America being a dick. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's ter- he is off. Uh, one of the posts that I saw about Knives Out was... Uh, something Ryan Johnson did really, really, really well, and whether it be intentional or not, is he takes all of the hunk, really hunky guys and, like, puts massive puffy sweaters on them so you can't see any of the muscle definition. <laughs> I really, really thought about wearing my Knives Out sweater just for this, but um, let's not. Um, so I have ten people total. Uh, it wasn't like a top 10 ranking or anything. I tried to, because the original cast is so diverse, I tried to get people from all ages and walks of life. But also, um, it was pretty evenly split between men and women in Knives Out, as opposed to being a male-dominated cast mm-hmm. or a female-dominated cast. Like, Avengers tends to skew more male. So I tried to balance it like the first one was. So I've got five men and five women and two honorable mentions. Um, I'll get my honorable mentions out of the way now just because I think both of them are long shots, but they'd be really, really fun just because of their connections to previous mystery movies. I would love Tim Curry and Matthew mm. Lillard. Oh, can I need Matthew Lillard in more things. Like, just in general. I love that man. So, He's great. Like, seriously, guys, if you just know him as Shaggy, the man has done more than that. Well, I mean, he's been Shaggy for... A while and the anime stuff but he's a great actor and i would love to see him in this because knives out did a great job of here's some actors that you haven't seen in a while don johnson and really puts them in the forefront and reminds you oh yeah we do really like these guys 
Um, plus, this is a far-fetched rumor for sure, given what happened to him in the first movie. But there are certain rumors and rumblings. I don't know if I believe them that Matthew Lillard could be returning to Scream at some point. Which I'm just going, you do realize Stu had a TV dropped on him, but... I guess that's not technically a death sentence. He didn't get <laughs> shot in the head like, uh, what's his face? But also Tim Curry, just because of Clue, and Tim Curry is wonderful. But I don't know what kind of health condition he's in after his stroke a few years ago. I have another cast member on my list that I'm like, it's a big if, given their health, whether or not they could do this. But it would be fun nonetheless. Um, Josh, where do we start with this? So I'm actually going to start with one, one, uh, one of my first ladies. Go for Ladies. it. Um, and only because you brought up Matthew Lillard, because I have Sarah Michelle Geller in dude, this. Dude, I Wait, almost put her. Go. I genuinely almost put her. I almost had her as an honorable mention. I was just like, if I don't have this one person that I'll talk about later, then I would have gone with Sarah Michelle Geller instead. I was like, like I, I think... And this is kind of a theme, I think, with uh, this list of, the, uh, at least from my end, are people that I want to see in more things. I have seen mm. them in stuff, and I want to see them in more current things. Not just like, hey, you want and a couple people on this list. I can be like, hey, if you want to see how good this person is, let's go look back to the list, list of this catalog of stuff that's almost 10 over 10 years old and it's like i don't i don't want to have to do that i mean i i'm going to still but like i would love to be like hey that's you know so and so from so and so and so and i think having like somebody like sarah michelle geller like that that's like that's 90s horror right there like let's go like absolutely how could you not also daphne yeah it's daphne we need somebody (laughs) if not her if not her then let's get um oh why do I always blank on her name um uh, Mrs Hawkeye, um uh, Linda Cardellini who played yes. Velma who also has been doing steady work and is a phenomenally underrated actress um I think she'd be great for a Knives Out wow Absolutely. almost any of the Scooby cast because like even I know Freddie people Prince? I would love Freddie Prince I love <laughs> I the, love that man dude oh my goodness for those that don't know. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. is one of the coolest and chillest celebrities out there. I don't know if he still has his podcast, but he had a podcast called Prince and the Wolf, which is like the most laid back, chill bro podcast apart from ours, obviously. Of like, he's. (laughs) I would like to see him come back, and I know um, he's actually on a Peacock show now, the revival of Punky Brewster, and Heather says it's actually pretty good. I'd like to see him get back in the mainstream, but he's. He's very much a family man first, which I really applaud. That's awesome. So I don't know if Freddie Prince would be attainable, but Sarah Michelle, that would be legitness. I'm I'm all for that. Um, I'm going to stick with the, they have to have some kind of history of mystery, so to speak. And here's my one that like, I don't know if they're still acting. And health concerns may be a factor, considering mm-hmm. this actress is 95 years old. Ooh. But tell me you wouldn't want to see Angela Lansbury in Knives let's, Out. Yes. Oh, let's go. Yes, please. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. Like, come on, guys. You tell me you wouldn't want to see Murder, She Wrote team up with the new version of that exact same thing with Daniel Craig's uh, Perot. Like, oh, my gosh. I Again, she's 95. 
don't think she's still acting. But as soon as I said, we said, Knives Out cast, I'm just go, gotta be Angela Lansbury. Come on. Like, when I think murder mystery, that is the first thing that comes to my mind, besides maybe Peter Falk's uh, Columbo or Tony Shalhoub's Monk. Bring back Tony Shalhoub in some capacity. I'd be okay with that. Uh, but Angela Lansbury is like the go-to for me of murder mystery. And also, yeah. she would kind of fill that role of the Christopher Plummer in the first movie of bringing in an older generation, but also introduce a younger generation to their accolades. I think she'd be so much fun. Mm. Speaking of something like that, let's. Uh, I'm gonna bring up Sally Field because Ooh. I need I need more Sally Fields in my life. Um, I mean, she's already good, and like you know, like at least you know my our generation kind of knows them from. Uh, Force Gump, and, but like not a lot of people. Spider Man. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> but like more young people of a of, of a more younger demographic would probably most likely know her as Aunt May, which in my opinion is she's the perfect Aunt May. I'm sorry, like I. Mm, nah, I'll always go Rosemary Harris. Nope, sorry, Sally May, man. Sally Field, baby, Sally Field. I almost combined her per- her person with the character. That's awkward. Um, Sally but, Mary. <laughs> um, honestly, no. But like, just having her there, and I think what would be very interesting would be to have her play an hour- outwardly very sweet, typical Sally Fields character, but then actually turns out to be the villain. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I tried to factor in when I was looking at my people. Of Other than Angela Lansbury, who is a saint, uh, I tried to have everyone on my cast, I could believably buy them as either a good guy or a bad guy. Because everyone has to be a suspect, basically, if you're going to do a successful murder mystery. So... I could see almost everyone in my cast as either a good guy or a bad guy. Case in point, the most obvious one, Adam Driver. Because (laughs) he's on the graphic, he's worked with Ryan Johnson before, but everyone knows him as Kylo Ren. But if you've only seen him as Kylo Ren, you're honestly missing out on some of his best work. Uh, Him in Marriage Story is great, but also him in Black Klansman is fantastic, too. Um, I love Adam Driver as an actor, but more importantly, he can toe that line of he can be really, really likable and charming in uh, like a Logan Lucky when he's just mm. frankly an idiot, like the best <laughs> kind of idiot, working alongside Daniel Craig of all people. What? Um, or you could be the bad guy uh, with Kylo Ren, who, let's be honest, was the best character in the sequel trilogy and the only one that actually had an arc and depth to him. Yeah. Um, or like a Black Klansman, in which case he's a good guy, but a conflicted good guy. He's really done a lot, and I he's worked with Ryan Johnson before. I almost put Mark Hamill, but we kind of know that Mark Hamill wasn't the biggest fan of the direction that Ryan Johnson took Star Wars, so I don't know if I could see them pairing together again, whereas a yeah. Kylo Ren... Well, not Kylo Ren. Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is in Knives Out too. Not Adam Driver. Kylo Ren. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just goes through the whole movie asking, where's Ray? Where's the girl? Um, no, it's like a whole nother level of, uh, of of acting where Adam Driver has to act as Kylo Ren acting as somebody else. 
I'd be down for that. But like, he can be funny. Case in point, look up any of the times that he's hosted SNL. The man is hysterical. Dude. He's done serious with a Marriage Story, which he should have been nominated for Marriage Story if he wasn't already, because he was excellent in that. There's so many different things to him. I could see him being a detective. I could see him being the murderer. I could see him being the prime suspect. I could see him being the one that gets killed. He's done mm-hmm. it all. He's versatile. I think he'd be excellent for Knives Out at Absolutely. some point. Um. All right. So you brought a guy. So I'm going to bring one. Um, let's talk about a name that we don't hear often, especially these days, and has been – I mean, he's doing Volkswagen commercials right now, but uh, it's fine. Um. But, like, after the the movie world did him dirty in Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think Paul Giamatti needs some redemption. Yeah! I, yeah. I love that man. And he's, like, bro, uh, I just love Paul. I love everything about his acting. I think he's in a show right now. Uh, and billions? Billions or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember it. And, but, like, I just, I need more Paul. I need more. And I think bringing being able to have him in like a knives out two or something like that like that and somebody who's younger than me be like man i love this guy what can i see more of him? and it'll be like oh there's this uh movie called pretty little liars that i think is it pretty little no 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 no, no. big um, fat liar big liar big fat liar that is, pretty little geez, liars is that abc is family that terrible show. show oh my gosh <laughs> oh no <laughs> you stole um, my big fat liar joke too <laughs> oh Jeez, yeah, but yeah, it's, it would be cool. To, I I think in that that's an opportunity here to give these people that aren't often given very actually serious acting roles. Not to say that superhero movies and stuff like that aren't serious, but just like some really diverse character roles that aren't normally offered to these kinds of people, at least these days. Mm-hmm. If uh. He's not on my list, but an honorable mention. If you bring up Paul Giamatti, we got to talk about somebody else that got screwed over with Spider-Man stuff. Thomas Hayden Church? Where is he? Bring back mm-hmm. Thomas Hayden Church. I think he could be a lot of fun in this. Oh, dude, um, he's great. But the problem with Paul Giamatti being in a Knives Out movie is you'd automatically assume that he's the bad guy because we already know he's a big, fat liar. Mm, so anyway... Uh... Man or woman next, Josh? Man or woman cool. next? Let's, uh, let, I, I like this that we're doing like two and two thing. Because it'll leave – we can do uh, two two women, right? And then we did two men or a man each. I think. Yeah, we've done uh, one each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dumb. I don't – I can't count. Can you count? I can't count. I can only count to four. <laughs> I know two number. One. I'm, I'm like John I'm Cena. I only zero. count to two. <laughs> oh, my gosh. At least you're not Big E and it can only count to four. Or five? What is it? What was this character in NXT where he's like, "I'll, I'll beat you, and I'll do it in five. And I was like, "That's cool, I guess." <laughs> I don't know. I only started following him once they ditched his last name. Oh, jeez. So when he came to the main roster, got it, because Vince hates lots of names. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, let's do a, a woman next, I guess. Uh, I'm going to do one of two West Wing actors that are on my list um, with. Oh, jeez, I hope I don't screw up her first name. Um, Stockton Channing? Yeah. Do you... I've you don't s- know? Maybe you if know? I saw a picture, but, like, I've seen the first, like, five or six episodes of West Wing, and I liked it. I just got, like, had to add it to the list of Hold billion on. other things I need to watch. Yeah. Um. Here, let me... She's also done a 
ton of voice acting, and I guarantee you will. I love that I like I've come into habit of like li- live googling things. Um, That's nothing it, new. I know it's just it's really funny to to, to me at least. Um, she's in Greece. Uh, that doesn't sound that, healthy. Yeah, I, I I I know that does so much for you. Um, never seen Greece. Never never really had a desire to. Actress, sure. Um, oh jeez. I know I've heard her voice in things, and I just can't. Yeah, there's what West Wing. Where is it? Where is it? It's somebody. Yeah, I guess not. Whatever. It's not the press secretary, right? No. Uh, she is the. Uh, That's wife. Allison Janning, right? Yeah, she's the wife of the president. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's 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 great. You should have just um, said that. I'm stupid. Leave me alone. I can only count to one, remember? <laughs> In which case, we got to bring Dula Hill into this movie. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> you can tap dance all over the dead body. <laughs> I just, I, I, I need more, like, good, strong women. In, in these kinds of movies. And not to say that, the, like, not saying that Knives Out didn't, but, like, the, the cast can be so diverse and actually gives female characters something to do other than, I'm here to be pretty and smart. <laughs> like, no, like, everybody can be very, Scheming. very complicated. Yeah, very complicated. And, like, I love Channing. I think she's great. So why not? So, Again, also, bring these people in front of new eyeballs so maybe they can get some more work, too. Because it's, come on. <sighs> so I'm going the opposite. You went with an older actor. I'm going with a younger actor, actress, but not my youngest. I have a young actress, but not this one. Uh, this is probably one of the most mainstream names on my list. But even then, like people kind of know who she is, but may not know her name quite yet. Granted, she may pronounce it weird due to her thick Scottish accent. Karen Gillan. Yeah, my girl. love me some Karen Gillan, um, whether it's as Nebula um, or the Jumanji movies or Oculus. Oculus, Oculus, Oculus. Oh, I could talk about that all day. Um, With Oculus, with her and uh, Nightwing, Brenton Thwaites, who also is an incredibly underappreciated actor. Um... But Karen Gillan is another one of those, I can buy you as a good guy, or I can buy you as a bad guy. And it can kind of be the same situation as, like, a Captain America, but not copy and paste it. It's not, this isn't just a, alright, who in the MCU can we get to replace Chris Evans in a Knives Out sequel? It's like, no, I genuinely just really enjoy Karen Gillan performances, mm-hmm. and she can be the kind, charming friend, but also... I don't particularly enjoy you scheming type of person, which this list is really, who can I see as a schemer, a plotter, a suspect more than anything? And it makes her sound sketchy. She's not. She's a lovely young lady, yeah. but like <laughs> she can be good or bad as we've seen with a Nebula would, character. Yeah. I would love her to see her come in and like go full Scottish for, for no reason other than yes. she could. Yes. That'd be so great. Um, yes. Yeah. Karen. Absolutely. Yes, please. Um, Want to do a man now? A dude? A guy? A bro? A bro. 
A bro? Let's do more bros. Oh, okay. I got a bro. I've got a bro. You you got a bro? I Hit got me a bro. with it, bro. I got, a, I got another bro. Rob Gronkowski. No, wrong bro. Um, I got another <laughs> Marvel bro. Vince Russo, bro. Nah, this bro is Michael Pena, bro. Michael Pena is great. Um, honestly, I've hit Josh with too many bros. Yeah. I hit him with too many bros and not enough too brothers. Too many wrestling references. Oh, give it here, brother. But no, um, Michael Pena, honestly, has a very underrated um, resume right now. Like, he was the standout character in both Ant-Man movies. He's the one that's just like, so I heard from my sister's cousins, from my nephew's roommate's brother, (laughs) that he's doing this. I'm like, yes. Now, granted, Fantasy Island was not great, and he might have entirely been miscast as, um, how was it? the guy that runs the island basically Um, but I could see him having an evil side to him I feel like he's been a villain before plus again it doesn't sound right to say I really really enjoyed him in the Dora movie which is way better than has any right to be Dora should not be (laughs) as good as it was Um, I really like Michael Pena he's a really fun dude that I can buy he brings a certain infectious energy that I think could really slot in well to just about any movie. Um, so I really would really like to see Michael Pena kind of get more of a prominent role in something besides just buddy sidekick. Um, so yeah, bring in Michael Pena for the next Knives Out, please. Yeah, speaking of people who uh, bring a very specific energy, um, what what's uh, Gary Oldman been up to? Because uh, I would uh, love him. <laughs> I'd be okay I, with that. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not my most, like... Groundbreaking. Like, yeah. yeah, not my most groundbreaking thing, but, like, any Gary Oldman is a good time, and I think any chance to show somebody a, a truly dramatic Gary Oldman and then go, hey, yeah, but here's the fifth element, too, is, like, it's <laughs> like a, the, the best. I, I want this so bad. I, I think Gary is... He, he, he deserves more credit as an actor, and I think putting him in a, a Knives Out film would be would be pretty solid. Also, Good Gary is another one of those of, like, he's played the bad guy, whether it's Air Force One or The Fifth Element, but he's also played the good guy, whether it's Harry Potter or um, Batman. So he could be either one of those. You could see him being a prime suspect in something and not knowing if you could trust him or mm-hmm. not. Um I'll go with a kind of out of left field pick just because as far as women go, she has carved her own unique path, basically, as I very rarely have ever seen this woman be the same thing more than once. She has such diverse roles, often bizarre roles, but nonetheless entertaining, enigmatic. Tilda Swinton, I think, would be perfect mm. for this. Uh, yeah. especially after seeing her in a whole bunch of Wes Anderson things. Like, she's always quirky and different and can be a chameleon that blends into just about any role, really. Um, she's just a lot of fun. She's quirky, weird, different, but she's got this energy of you don't know if you trust her or not, <laughs> which is, again, All the time. perfect for Knives Out. She's been bad, whether it's Narnia but she's also been good. Um, she's kind of just as chaotic neutral. Wasn't she also in the Dead Don't Die, if I remember correctly, as the coroner? I think so. 
Yeah. Yeah, she there's so many roles that you don't, don't even realize that it's her basically. Um so throw some weirdness in there. I'm uh, just remembering the dead don't die and the Man, I wish that was better. I I don't I think it's it's not good, but I think it's perfect as it is. It's such a weird movie. Another Adam Driver movie. Mm, true. No, oh, that's 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 a good stuff. Um I'm gonna go and this is I feel like I've seen her recently, but um I can't off the cuff place her, which is probably not good, but my other West Wing actor, uh Marley Martin, she is the Secretary? Um, no, she is a I forget the technical term for what she does. She's basically an an advisor to senators. She's the deaf one. Um, She has a... If you haven't seen a lot of West Wing, you you wouldn't know. It's fine. But um, I think representation is going to be a big thing, too, in this. And it would be really cool to have someone who can't necessarily communicate at the same level. Mm, Like a uh, quiet place situation? Get Millicent in there? And put, I think that would could add some very interesting story details. And I'm always, I'm always down to have some more unique actors in in this as well. Yeah, that works for me. I I think having a deaf character actually could have a really f- fun and interesting dynamic. Of, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting, like a quiet place. Like there's a lot of interesting story possibilities that you could go with that. Um, mm-hmm. So now we're back to the men. And maybe it's because we hyped him up so much last week that he's just been on my mind. I would love Pierce Brosnan to be in a Knives mm. Out. Take that Don Johnson type role of like the older, suave gentleman. Um, he could be a lot of things. I could see him being the bad guy. I could see him being a good guy. Um, maybe have some James Bond callbacks. Um, I think he would be so much fun to do in this type of movie. And I'm trying to get from all types of age demographics here. That's why I'm like, I want some older males, some older females, some younger males, some younger females. Everything needs to be in this movie or movies. And I think Pierce Brosnan could be, I don't know. He's got this charm that's different than a lot of other people on my list today of just a certain energy that people are drawn to. Of like, I could see him being like the head of a household of like commanding presence, but he's not my most commanding presence. I'll, I'll save that for another dude on my list so we're gonna talk about commanding presence huh we're gonna talk about commanding presence huh what about a former uh, uh pirate captain with jeffrey rush Ooh, yeah boy oh let's go and I, I i thought about it now i put it on this list before i knew that allegedly the new, next one should be set in greece but how cool would it be to have like pirate pirate references with Jeffrey Rush in a movie in Greece? Like, I'm just I'm here for this. Like, absolutely. And also, I I just love Jeffrey. I think he's cool. I think like he he brings a certain gravitas to every role he's in. And Was he also in the King's Speech? Yes. Holy cow! Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I I I haven't seen King's speech, but I like know people who are in yeah. it, which is weird. But like you know, he's the guy that like teaches him how to speak properly. But mm-hmm. like maybe he could be like the snooty older guy that'd be like, "Oh yes, I own several houses in the Caribbean, whatever, whatever." With yes. I, I own my own rum factory. I could totally see it. I have oh this troublesome gosh. son-in-law or something like that, or like yeah. extended cousin. Um, 
I think that could be a lot of fun. Now, my youngest member of the cast by far. So we had some young cast members. We had uh, what's his face from um, the new It movie. We had yeah, Catherine Langley. I <laughs> never remember his name. Young You're Bill, good. basically. Bill. Uh, you had Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why. She's relatively young. I went with a young actress that's been mostly in horror movies, but by and large, she's been in movies with some heavy-hitting actors and has held her own in McKenna Grace. She's fantastic. She is young Theo in Hill House. <gasps> yes! She's great! Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like absolutely. she's also it's either or, Ouija Origin of Evil or Annabelle Creation that she's in. I think it's Annabelle. Yeah, I think it's Annabelle too. Or, I don't yeah. know, I always get those two mixed up because they're sure often so. linked together of, like, terrible, terrible first movie, but really far superior sequel by a great horror director. I always get Mike Flanagan and David F. Sandberg mixed up. Um, I don't I don't know what... You think Origin of Evil's better? I don't know, I liked Animal Creation quite a bit. I, 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 I... Mm, or, or, origin, of, origin of Evil got me. And I'm doing this because this is what they do in the movie. Because they're like... At the, end, the end of the movie is what sold me. I was, like, already down and everything, and then the movie ends with, like one sister going hey is that you oh hey and then like they, they like lead each other out it's great yeah it's a good movie anyway uh but, but yeah, yes mckenna grace has been in <laughs> some great high profile project with some really big name actors and held their own she was uh a few years ago she's in some movie with chris evans and apparently she was excellent in that i think she's got a really bright future ahead of her i think she could be like an either a really precocious child or just a really interesting dynamic there. Having a younger actor in there that could grow into the role, I think she'd be a lot of fun here. I She's just been on my radar for stars to watch for in the future for a while. I think she could be amazing in this. Absolutely. So that uh, that finishes out your... Nope, I got your, one more woman. Your actresses? No, nope. oh, okay. I got one more lady that I'm I saved the best for last. I'm not counting, right? Hmm. That means you have six. No, I don't. I'm not counting right then. Whatever. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't know if this is because I've been watching a lot of uh, NCIS New Orleans with my dad. Just yeah. because he, he watches it, and but when I come home from work, he that's what he's watching. And so, like, I just yeah. to set it here for work. But um, uh, there is, I don't know, only because I don't get to watch the show that often, I don't know what she does. But there's a character played by CCH Pounder. Pounder? Dude, yes. CCH Pounder's awesome. She was, I would um, love her. She was so good. Uh, there's a show that my parents used to watch, and I would watch a lot of them with them. So I've seen most of the show. It ran for five seasons called Warehouse 13. Uh, okay. And she was more or less the director of this, like, um, it's kind of like the librarian movies of, like, they collect artifacts from around the world for safekeeping and whatnot. Um, and it was actually really, really good. It was on Sci-Fi for about five seasons. But she was the director of that, and she was awesome. Um, yes, I'm great. down. Also, she's voiced uh, Amanda Waller in a couple DC mm-hmm. animated movies. CCH Pounder is amazing. I love me some CCH Pounder. Yeah, If absolutely. we didn't have Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, I would want CCH Pounder and basically mm-hmm. no one else because they're both I, perfect. I think I would actually end up preferring CCH just because, like – but like Viola, she is good. So I don't. Yeah. Mm, I don't want to say she's bad because she's not. She's fantastic. But like, there's a certain, and I'm gonna use this again. There's a certain gravitas that Pounder brings to to a role that like like 
the way that her look, like she can look at somebody, and you don't know if she's being genuinely nice or or she wants to kill you. Or mm-hmm. she's she's great. I would absolutely. Who's your last girl? Because I got one more guy. Oh, I've got I got two more guys and one girl. Okay. So I'll do I don't the know guy. How this works. I'll do the guy. Oh, I have two more guys too. I'm stupid. <laughs> so let's, let's do let's do one dude. Oh, okay. I'll do my last girl, and then you do your last. We'll do our last dudes. Okay. So, uh, my second to last guy is the dude that, like, when I see him, just commands respect. Like, I don't know what about it. Uh, it's just posture. He's He looks like a man that knows what's up. Knows, like, when he steps in a room, he's in charge, and I want to listen to him. Plus, he's got an amazing voice to the point of, honestly, if he's not Jon Stewart someday in a Green Lantern movie, I'm going to be disappointed with Sterling K. Brown. Okay. He's got this look of not arrogance, but like confidence and I command the room. So maybe like, maybe he's the good guy. Maybe he's the bad guy. Cause he's the bad guy in the Shane Black Predator movie from 2018, which wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. It also wasn't great, but I like Sterling K Brown in it. Um, Heather watches a lot of this is us and he's excellent in that. That's really like what his big breakout role was. I would like to see him break into more mainstream stuff, and I think he'd be fantastic. I mean, Frozen 2 is pretty mainstream, but that was voice acting. Um, he just has this look to him that I'm like, yes, you you are leading man potential here. Um, so, yes, yes, please. All right, my second to last. Both my last two guys are comeback stories. Um, one is in the middle of one, of his comeback, and one need, is, is, is really just starting his. The first one is our boy, Shad LaBeouf. Oh, okay. I... That's fine. I thought you were going to say wow. some other comeback name. Wow, okay. Sure, no, fine. don't get me wrong. I love me no, some no, Shad no. LaBeouf. You know, there's very few people in this world, though, that love Shad LaBeouf more than me. But when you said in the middle of a comeback, I'll see if it's your other name or not, or else I'll throw out a name for you that I think was who you were talking about. I think I'm on the same brain with you, but I won't spoil it yet, but I'd be down Um, for Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Especially if he eats people in this movie. (laughs) No. I honestly would love for him to come across... I would love for him to be the character that comes across as just a super big douchebag. But ends up being... Shia LaBeouf. But ends up being like the one only person in the, in the movie with like good intentions and a pure heart <laughs> so basically you just want to like project how you feel about shia into a movie <laughs> no that is who shia is <laughs> leave shia alone, alone. <laughs> he's great but no yeah i i that shia, shia LaBeouf needs more work anyway so get, get him in front of more eyeballs give him a, another opportunity to do some really good dramatic acting because I think you and I are always more of a fan of his like really dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Who's your other big comeback person? I think I might no, know who it is. No, 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 all right, no, no. all right, we fine. Got one more. We I'll got say one who more. my last woman is, and then we'll do our last dudes. Yeah, um, yeah. So as the horror fan that I am, I loved and appreciated seeing Jamie Lee Curtis come into Knives Out universe. Like she had already made her big comeback with Halloween 2018 which I loved uh, but it was nice to see them kind of dip back into the um, older horror icons so I want to do the same thing with um, either Knives Out 2 or 3 and bring out 
Sigourney Weaver. Oh, I almost put her on this list. Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. Because, like, she's one of the greatest protagonists, male or female, in movie history with uh, Ellen Ripley. But also, she can be the good guy, as is the case in the first Alien, or more uh, the harder-edged character in, like, the Alien 3 or 4 that we pretend don't exist. Or borderline villain, which bring up Shia LaBeouf again, Holes. She's great in that. I think... Mm -hmm. She's got so many different facets to her. She can be entertaining. She can be good. She can be bad. There's no mistaking. She can be absolutely terrifying for sure. So, yeah. Sigourney Weaver is like my top pick of please put them in Knives Out of Mm -hmm. you can be. She's a chameleon in this. And I think she'd be perfect for the Knives Out world. Similar to Jamie Lee Curtis was in the original movie. All right. My last guy. Okay. I don't think it's the same as my guy, which is good. Yeah. All right. So, dude's been through a lot. Yep, I know um, who it is. Um, he uh, he uh, was on a show recently playing a robot. Yep, I know who it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. As soon as he said in the middle of a comeback, I was like, mm. yep, okay, I know who it is. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Yay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I need there is an old man without a shirt in the backyard. What is what? Alright, sorry. Um I just looked up out the window and saw that. Um that was shocking. Uh anyway, uh Brendan Fraser. Um <laughs> sorry, Brendan, I didn't mean to ruin your moment in this podcast. Um <laughs> Uh, but no, he's. If you guys haven't seen Doom Patrol, I, he only does the voice. I think he only does the voice. I think for I'm Robot not 100. Yeah, I'm not 100. But he is in the show a couple times. Yeah. And but even G, if it is just his voice, the amount of emotion he's a, he's able to convey in just that is incredible. And oh yeah. I think if any man. If there's any male actor that deserves to have his acting chops put on display or have an opportunity in a genuine, genuinely good environment, a genuinely good film, it's Brendan Fraser. Oh, yeah. I feel like also he's set to, like, headline some movie coming up soon. Like, not a major one, but definitely an indie movie. So... I, I very much would like to see Brendan Fraser get back to leading man status. I really, really like Brendan Fraser. He's just got this likable personality to him. And maybe mm-hmm. we turn that on its head. Maybe we're lulled into a false sense of security with his compassion. And he's actually the bad guy. Bro, what if... Okay, so what if we put, give him his personality of uh, Ben from Scrubs? Yeah. And then he turns out to be the villain. Oh, because honestly, his role in Scrubs is single-handedly one of the most likable TV characters I've ever seen, which makes it all the more gut-wrenching what actually happens to the character, even though they spell it it out in the episode what's basically going to happen. He's only in it for like, in the show for like maybe an episode, maybe two at the most. Uh, I think he's in maybe two or three, because he's in like one where he comes to the hospital with a nail in his hand. He's like, look, look, yep, that's like episode five or six and he shows up at the 
end of season one because season one one of the season one finales i think was finding out that he had cancer and then he disappeared i think it's three episodes total um i would very much be down for brendan fraser i think he'd be great the failure of the 2017's mummy movie showed that you can't make a good mummy movie without him so let's get him back into the mainstream however he wouldn't be my most out of left field pick my last guy is someone that often gets written off way too often for being just the goofy weird guy that makes weird comedies but lately he's really been coming into his own as a phenomenal actor and i'll be genuinely pissed i have to double check i'll be pissed if he wasn't actually nominated for a movie that he did this past year sasha baron cohen okay for the trial of (laughs) chicago 7 he was outstanding in that and he deserves to be nominated but Who'd you think I was talking about, Josh? You said you said weird comedies, and the first name that came to mind was Seth Rogen. I was like, okay. Hey, sure. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, Seth Rogen isn't a good actor compared to Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> okay, anyway. So often, <laughs> when you hear Sasha Baron Cohen, for better or for worse, and Josh is going to be broken for some oh, reason. Oh God, I'm going to mute myself for a second because i got to laugh. For some reason, like for as long as i can remember at least being a movie fan when i hear sasha baron cohen why is josh just broken apparently josh is just dead we're good. okay we're good. okay right, we're good Whew, we're back we're back uh, on it now yeah for yeah, years yeah. as a movie fan when i hear sasha baron cohen and i'm sure others are the same way you immediately think borat and think that's basically the only thing sasha baron cohen does is his goofy, very nice shtick, and then does it again a few years later. However, besides those, he actually has some really good performances. I actually really like him in Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell. Mm. I think we often yeah. overlook that performance. Um, he's really, really good in the Aaron Sorkin movie, uh, The Trial of Chicago 7, which is on Netflix. That's outstanding, and he's outstanding in that. But to me, actually, the performance that made me go, holy crap, you're like an actual actor-actor, was in Martin Scorsese's Hugo when he's the Mm. inspector. I was really expecting him, inspecting him, to be um, his typical goofy self, but he's actually... There's depth and interesting character to his character of he seems cold, but there's a reason for it because of his leg or he's basically just trying to do his job, basically. And I'm still a little mad to this day. The Bohemian Rhapsody movie was fine, but I still maintain to this day that the movie would have actually been better with Sasha Baron Cohen instead of Rami Malek. Like, I like Rami Malek as an actor. Yeah. But Sasha Baron Cohen, I think, would have been a better fit. And I think he'd be a perfect fit for this. He can be the goofy, but also he's a really good actor that can lull you in of either he could be a good guy or a bad guy or somewhere in between. I've seen him be a lot of different things. Bad guy in Les Mis, um, kind of on the border with Hugo. You think he's a bad guy, but he's actually really a, a good guy. Um I think too often we sleep on the actual acting ability of Sasha Baron Cohen because of the Borat movies, which were wildly successful for him, but he kind of got associated that with that basically forever. And to this day, people still think, oh yeah, the Borat guy. Um, But I think he's a really good actor and I think he'd be outstanding in Knives Out as a sleeper actor. 
Uh, yep. Honestly, when it comes to it, I think the, both of our lists are just pretty solid. Um, I will say I think it's hard, at least for me, to go to to get some of the more minority actors on this list. And I would I would love for there to, to be more representation in these movies. Mm-hmm. Use this as an opportunity to uh, tell other stories with a diverse set of characters. It's 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 a great opportunity. Yes. Um, and I, I get I why wanna... there wasn't diversity in the first one because it was yes. all a white family. But also in the same sense, there technically was diversity in the storytelling in that it's yes. it's this white family, not versus, but kind of versus being passive aggressive racist against this yeah. Hispanic character that ultimately ends up winning in the end um, yes. by not playing their game. That's how you win is not playing Harlan's game. God, I love this movie so much. It's so good. <laughs> it's very good. I, and I think that's like, I, I just, I, I don't want it to, I, I, I just didn't want this to be, like oh these these two got white guys casting a a, a movie and a Jack Black and plays everybody. Say less. I'm here for it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just Tenacious oh, D meets uh, Knives dude. Out. Yeah. Wh- tenacious why are we Knives not Out. Doing this? Tenacious what? Knives Out, man. Someone call somebody. We need it right now. <laughs> oh, you, you didn't it? know? You better call <laughs> somebody. somebody. Um, have you seen? Have you been watching his YouTube or his TikTok or anything or his Instagram at all? Um, I've seen some of his stuff. Jack like, Black is one of the most funniest men on the planet. Oh yeah, oh yeah, bro. Some of the weird stuff he does is just the best. Anyway, he has a gaming channel where he plays games, and it's the funniest thing on the on the planet. Like, huh. of all things, yeah, that doesn't surprise great. me. That does no, not, not surprise me. Not at all. Anyway, I think it's a. I, I'm excited for both two, uh, both of these films. I don't. I still. I'm gonna stay by my guns and say that I don't understand Netflix dropping this much money on it. Um, but it is what it is. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the same boat as you. Netflix. I'm excited for the movie, but it does. I do question it a lot. Why it's going to Netflix? Well, what do you guys think? Were you a fan of the first one did you like it did you not let us know in the comments below who you would put in a knives out 2 or knives out 3 now that we know that they're coming to netflix or it could be like any other netflix thing and it gets announced and canceled three months later um but let us know what you think about potential knives out sequels down in the comments below and who you like to have and as always if you like what you hear and you want to hear more subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on whether that's itunes spotify google podcast or youtube and if you haven't already subscribe to us on youtube at uncharted media and as always Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.